Talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Welcome back, folks, to a special edition of Rollin' Thunder. In this episode, we'll be covering the One Big Weekend online event, which, as of the release of this podcast, happened a little more than a week ago. You see, it takes about a week for us to turn these podcasts around. Indeed it does. Before we get into the two-part multi-guest episode in front of us, I'd like to mention that we have some more information about how U.S. Nationals is going to run at Origins this year. Thanks to a well-timed question by Mr. Craig Hubner. Or should you say Randy Fitzgerald? <laughs> right, on the Dice Masters Unlimited Facebook page. We now know that the Dice Masters National Championship is going to be an open event, meaning if you pay the entry fee, you're in. According to the origin schedule, that fee is going to be $20, which I'm assuming is accurate. We should also note that if you're one of a handful of people who won a national championship last year, your name is on the list, and you should be able to get in free. It's going to be a fun event, so come roll with us. In other news, get ready for X-Men Forever, scheduled for the 22nd of this month. And speaking of this month, things just got super hairy for us, so I want to give the listeners a heads up about our upcoming release schedule. It's kind of a good news, bad news situation here. The good news is my wife's movie got into competition at the Cannes Film Festival this month, and I'm going to walk the red carpet. The bad news is that it will mess with our release schedule. Yeah, as of right now, we're planning on at least having an Origins Final Review episode to cap off our first season, but we may try to squeeze in another episode before that. It just depends on if there's any time remaining after work and flights to and from France. Bottom line is, we'll be wrapping up Season 1 at the end of June, and then starting up Season 2 in the fall. So stay tuned for that. But let's get back to the here and now. Right. The day after the One Big Weekend Online Final, we took the opportunity to touch base with several of the competitors and get their recollections of the event while it was still fresh in their minds. So let's jump into the hot tub time machine and introduce our first guest, hailing from the old Dominion state of Virginia, a standout on Twitch and YouTube. You know him from his weekly dice arena. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ross Foster! <laughs> Ross Foster, are you here with us, my man? Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about your experience yesterday. Now, you, you were kind enough. I had put out the call, the bat signal, to, to, to call people to record games over the course of the event. And you were, I think, the first to put up your hand. And I want to salute you for that. And uh, Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I knew it was going to be a big event. And I knew the amount of potential content yesterday was staggering, especially in comparison to a normal week. You know, maybe there's two, three, four videos a week that come out for Dice Masters. Right. But yesterday, big opportunity to capture tons of games. And like we haven't seen the highest level of play in a long time either. So I think people are bringing out some big guns and really trying hard, which is sort of an aspect of the game that we don't get to see on a regular basis. So it's really a pleasure to be able to stream the games. Well, awesome. Before we get into the games... Can you uh, tell us a little bit about, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know, but for those of you who don't, you have been a huge proponent of the online scene, and you've set up a weekly Dice Arena. Can you tell us all a little bit about that? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who don't even know this thing exists. 
Yeah, sure. So the Weekly Dice Arena was created to to be a consistent place that people knew that dice were flying once a week at the same time every week. So I set up a Twitch channel. I was also streaming a couple of their games before that. So I had some previous experience, but I'd never run a a scheduled event. So it was nice to be able to give people a time and a place that they knew Dice Masters was happening. And so I create a format. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I create a format every week with uh, input from the community, you know, whatever people think would be fun to play, or if new stuff comes out, I kind of try to target that. We play Golden Age stuff, so it's not even limited to just the most recent product. I usually release the format on Saturday or Sunday, which, by the way, I haven't this week yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. You've kind of been busy, right? <laughs> it, it has been quite a Dice Mastery weekend. Qu- quick, quick question I have to ask you. Did you make it to Avengers Endgame? <laughs> I definitely made it to the movie last <laughs> I week. was worried for you when I was watching it. <laughs> it was, yeah. We can get into that later. <laughs> Um, but the weekly dice arena is every Tuesday. The format usually comes out the prior Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'll make a post, a video and say, Hey, this is what we're going to play this week. And then anyone and everyone who has a webcam and would like to play can come sign up for this weekly event. Tremendous. Yep. There's a, there's a Google form similar to the one that we used yesterday mm-hmm. that just says, what's your name and what is your team link? That way I can just set up some aesthetics for the stream. Right. So then Tuesday night comes around and 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we meet in the Twitch channel. It's baffling to me that people have yet to hear about Twitch. Right. But Twitch is a streaming <laughs> platform. So it's, it's literally just a website where you create a login and you can watch other people do things. Yep. So we meet on the Twitch page, 9 p.m. We get our pairings and we play three rounds of Swiss. Regardless of how many people show up, we play three rounds and then we sort of declare either an official or artificial winner and we move on to the next week. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's funny. I was literally driving home and I was listening to the radio and on came an NPR story about the popularity of Twitch. And especially with the younger crowd, you know, it's taking over. Apparently, advertisers are moving a lot of their ad dollars out of traditional media and over to Twitch just because the kids are watching it. It's true. It's it is staggering. I mean, I'm a high school math teacher. So when kids are not learning (laughs) at school, they are watching Twitch or watching YouTube videos of a Twitch stream, which is incredible to me. I heard you say that today. And I wondered, do you have you had a kid come in and say, hey, Mr. Foster, uh, nice swearing or give you any rub from watching? (laughs) Has anybody anybody watched your stream at all from one of your students? (laughs) I I have intentionally kept that barrier up. Because, um, you know, there there are things that happen on the stream that don't need sure. to happen in the classroom. Yeah. And, like, I hang out with kids all day long. I just don't need my novelty hours to be spent with them as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but I will say I've had plenty of students say, if you told me your Twitch name, like, you, you would have 200 people watching you from this school. And I'm like, that is not at all the goal. <laughs> you get some people playing Dice Masters at your own expense there. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'd pick up the game. Maybe they would just give me a hard time in the chat. I think probably, yes. I think probably. Well, that's awesome. So Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And if people want to get involved with this, they need to contact you earlier in the week, right? Yeah, so you can find the Weekly Dice Arena on Facebook as a separate page. I also always post the format video in the Dice Masters Unlimited Facebook group. So you can find it there. If you're on the Discord, I'll post it there as well. And if you just want to go straight to the source, you could go to twitch.tv slash Battle. That is the Twitch page 
cool. that we use. Now, a quick question about that. Now, you have this whole the boss battle, which you know you, you <laughs> got to right. explain the boss battle to me because I've read about it, I've heard about it, but you know this is as an old man, it's going right over my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. so it is. It is sort of different than any sort of interactions that you can have on YouTube thus far. Right. It is a. I use a separate program that sets up these interactive games for the chat to participate in that have a variety of virtual currency outcomes. So we have a virtual currency called bad rolls on the stream. (laughs) So as you watch, you accumulate bad rolls, and then you can pay your bad rolls to enter a dungeon (laughs) with a boss-type creature, a la Eric Lang or uh, Donkey Kong's Big Toe or, you know, other silly things like that. Right. But you can pay to enter the dungeon, and then it's randomly generated how we fare against the boss. You might come away with more bad rolls than you started you might have just lost everything but, uh, it's a good time it sounds fun it sounds like really fun and i've had several players talk about how much fun they've had on it and you've had some of the you know some of the best so i'm one of these days I, I'm, I'm planning on getting over there and rolling with you guys as well that so. sounds super i'm uh i'm more of a watcher of the stream than a player of the stream because my bus leaves from school as soon as the stream starts so yeah for us you know it's just this west coast problem of getting home right time to do it you know and i've definitely i mean when i was planning this, I said, I want it to be consistent. I want it to be the same time every week, just so that, you know, people can count on it. They don't have to think about, you know, you can mark your calendar if you really want. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, that creates a, well, you're either going to make it every week or you're going to miss it every week, which is sort of a, a sad reality. But yep. days like yesterday make it possible, you know, on a on a one-off kind of day that you can slip in and uh, roll some dice with us. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And like I said, when one of these days I'm going to cut out work early and we're going to get this done. So there you go. <laughs> it may not be Come a weekly and, thing. And conquer. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> we'll roll and have some smiles at, at the very right. least. All right. Well, let's talk about what you saw yesterday. First of all, tell me about your team. What what was on your team and what did you bring to the tournament? So I ran a variant that was pretty popular yesterday. I ran a essentially unblockable Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Awaken when he spins up, he's unblockable. The twist that I put on the team was Avengers ID card. Ooh, yeah. I also played Atlantis for the global just to try to keep the bag thin. Yep. Everything else was fairly standard to quote unquote that build that we saw yesterday. <laughs> we did see a lot of Parasite Ant-Man. That that seemed to be a very common theme going on. Yeah. So the uh, the ID card in theory was if if you rolled poorly on turn 1, you could buy that. Right. On burst or double burst, you get to prep a die when you use it, even if it's no effect. So that's coming through the bag. It, it does have benefits. But if you happen to have Ant-Man and Parasite mm-hmm. and yeah. Avengers ID on the same turn, you can pay a mask to make Parasite an Avenger. <laughs> then you can use the ID card, which gives all your Parasites and Ant-Man plus two plus two. Yeah. Which just kind of sort of compounds the uh, adding of Parasite stats, yeah. which makes makes them pretty thick. That's a cool combo. That's a, that's a really cool combo. I had never thought of it, but that's I, cool. I can see myself running that this Saturday how, uh, how, at our <laughs> weekly tournament. How often were we able to pull that off yesterday, would you say? So yesterday specifically, there was a lot of anti this team as well. Right. 
I'd say more often than not, it was just try to get four Ant-Man through unblockable as <laughs> yeah. quick as possible. Right. There wasn't really any um, decorativeness yeah. or any uh, slide tricks going on. <laughs> Fair enough. Especially because backup win condition was team up with Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. So in terms of team up, you know, you pay a mask and you add another affiliation to your field, which actually helped more probably than adding the action to Parasite at any time. Interesting. Uh, I-, I ran a team up team. It went it went all right. Uh, I, yeah, I, your your team was awesome, I thought. It was, you know, I'm just going to say I went two and two because, you know, we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> so, but I, I, I had a fun time with team up. I got beat out by Ryan Slater's team, which was really, really good. And then also a team that was similar to this with the Adam and Ant-Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, just a touch out at the finish. It was a really good game. Yeah, Whoever went faster. But yeah, I noticed that you are running is that the two cost atlantis uh no i'm running the four cost oh, okay never mind i was about to say you are running one of my favorite cards the two cost atlantis with the global i still like that one <laughs> just not as much but you know <laughs> yeah i mean I, I had no intention of buying atlantis otherwise you know I, I could have had some options there it was strictly for the global though it's sneaky good that, the two that cost atlantis. atlantis with the global is really really good because if you it helps with consistency a lot if you don't roll something you can just shove it back into your prep area and roll it next turn. And with a tune, you're getting lots of actions every turn. It's sneaky good. Right. I wonder if running something like that with like a thrown brick or ping or something that yeah. naturally comes back to prep, like you could you could really be uh, attuning pretty hard. Yeah, yeah no, I've a big draft winner for me has been that Atlantis plus Betrayal plus any character with a tune. <laughs> it's really cheesy. I know Ben was talking about uh, he wish he would have run Betrayal yesterday. <laughs> That's a good card, man. It's just people don't recognize its power anymore because people are like, why would I do that when I could do Doomlance? Because they both do one damage for every character in your opponent's field mm-hmm. zone, and Doomlance right. does a board wipe. Yeah, well, I saw Kim ran one against Minnie, so I wonder if mm-hmm. she ever went after it. I'd be curious to ask her that. I played yeah. her, and it, it wasn't a factor, but, uh-huh. you know, our game was... Uh... You were running leaner teams, though, I mean, because you were doing that Parasite Ant-Man thing, probably. Right, exactly. I was I was doing one one of each, essentially, coming through. <laughs> right. Just who could hit the fist faster, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, so the other card on this team that I saw a little bit yesterday that was, you know, he's just a sneaky good card, especially with the new energy field global, is the Atom. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, Luke, got, Luke got stung by the Atom in this first game. And it's, you know, I mean, you know, the Atom and energy field and 10 masks, and it's a good game, right? So, right. Well, <laughs> I was, so I, I came into yesterday fully anticipating, because actually on the Weekly Dice Arena a few weeks ago, we played this format. Mm-hmm. And a guy named Nick, shout out to Nick, he brought Clayface Global, the Atom, the Two Cost Deadly, uh, yeah. Grey Hunter. Mm-hmm. What else did he have? It, it was silly, though, because at that point, I didn't have a super good grip on how good Clayface was yet. Yeah. And I definitely didn't have a very good grip on how good this Atom could be on his and my turn. Yeah. So I thought yesterday that I was going to run into way more of that, and and I didn't. I mean, maybe it's because I started off. I mean, I, I hovered in the bottom <laughs> third of the bracket. Let's be honest. So I was I was pretending to myself that maybe all of those teams are in the top third. But um, I think looking back at the team list, it wasn't it wasn't a super huge win con. I think it was everybody's backup. To yeah, well, his name was David G from Minnesota. Okay, and it was just a race. I, I think I would have won if I had had a first roll that had a single fist energy with it. 
but knows, I yeah. don't know because then that might have changed other things and I was able to buy a shriek to slow him down. It was a very close game. He got me fair and square and it was it was, it was a good game and that mm-hmm. Adam was the one that did me in and it yeah. just it, it just feels like, I don't know, as as DM Armada would say, it feels rude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good. He played it perfectly. He played a really, really solid game. And, and that's, I mean, I, I know there's been some grousing in the community that, that it's maybe a misprint, but it, perhaps. But at this point, it is what it is. And we got to roll with the way it says. And, you know, until they say another, it, it works as written, right? I, so, I actually don't mind it at all because while, while Adam may have really beat me very well energy field also helps one of my favorite cars which is the uncommon sunfire so you know, <laughs> it, it balances out but that zatanna is a, another card that i really like how, how'd she work out for you today did you find her, yourself buying her at all so i probably bought zatanna two of the six games maybe three um the thing about her that's good with especially with parasite ant-man together is that like the bigger your ant-man is the better and the bigger your parasite is the better so there's really no downside to spinning all your stuff to level three or to whatever level you can. I will say in terms of, of things like Clayface Global, you'd rather have a two cost mask because that just makes more sense. Yeah. It's better value. <laughs> and if you had a mask for Zatanna and you had an Ant-Man in the field, you're going to be using that mask for energy field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually used her more again in terms of getting affiliations in the field than I did for mm-hmm. for really her spin up ability. Cool. Well, at least it's doing that thing that they always say in good team building is it's serving at least two functions. So for sure, three know. functions. Yeah, two affiliations. It works with Ant Man spinning them up and Parasite spinning them up, and also it serves as masks for Clayface. And so. it works with the energy right. field global too. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a real solid piece on that team for sure. Because you just field Ant Man and send him through that very same turn without well, I say without having to pay anything. I guess you had to pay a little bit for field and for purchasing but honestly i feel if you get that die out early the prices that you pay to get it out there are almost they're not negligible but they feel negligible yeah and i think my opponents felt the same way if she was out early she wasn't an automatic shriek target or she wasn't an automatic range target you know she's yeah she sort of sits in the background and you don't really realize how powerful it is until lots of other things happen to you (laughs) so she does sort of uh, hang out under the radar a little bit so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well i think part of this format correct me if i'm wrong ross because you saw a lot more games i haven't seen a lot i've been basically doing the back end on this thing for the most part but it seemed to me that roles in this format were probably even more important than usual. Did you experience yeah, that? Or? I'd, I'd say to, to sum up the tournament generally, it was Doom Lance and Deadly yeah. versus Unblockable as many times as possible. <laughs> right. And so if you miss your Deadly roll, then you can't Doom Lance. You know, it's like all for naught because no one brought giant deadly characters. So you're not going to get those knockouts unless everything is forced to block. I mean, I think one of the things that made potentially the Doom Lance teams better yesterday was that they may have been a little more consistent because the unblockable teams had to roll the character on the correct face. For some of us right. who didn't bring a straight up a spin up global, it was right. you know you had to spin something down to spin something up. So yeah. so you roll level one, you'd be in trouble, right? Exactly, which which definitely happened yesterday. So you have to roll something that's not level one. You have to roll a mask 
to do the ability if you don't right. have Zatanna out, which more than likely was was the case. Right. And so the combination of those two things, really, if you miss one, you're five damage behind. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, let's pretend that Doomlance <laughs> hits for five every time and Ant-Man hits for five every time. Yeah. Then you're a quarter of the way behind your opponent. I, I think that another part of it is just when you go to an event with a high level of play, you can assume that there won't be misplays. And in the, especially in the first round of the tournaments, I found this to be true because, as you said, like some people drink and they're play degraded. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Assuming that people don't misplay, which at this caliber, let's just say they don't because for the most part there's less misplaying going on, then the roles in the team building are where the differences come in. And I'd mm-hmm. say those are actually weighed about equally if the person knows how to build a team, which you can assume they will at that caliber, you know? Yeah. It might have right, to just sort of eliminates that factor. It, it all comes down to the roles at that point. In in essence, I mean, there there are such things as making wrong decisions. But... Sure. Yes, there are. Sure. Okay, well, let's talk about some of your matches yesterday. You, who did you match up with first? So I played Jonathan Lumen first from ah, okay. West Virginia. From West Virginia, yeah. Yep, which is not too far from me. I, I have yet to make it to the Four Horsemen shop. But I hope to get there sooner than later. So that was the the matchup that we had the most heads up about. You know, you'd you'd posted round one. You know, we didn't jump straight into the round. So I did peek at his team, kind of think about what was going on. He was playing the giant Cree captain team. Mm -hmm. And initially I was like, oh, I think I've got this one. Parasite will be there to be a blocker pretty much the whole game. And I'll just continue to send through Ant-Man. And, you know, essentially it'll be all for naught. (laughs) What I didn't anticipate (laughs) was that, so he was also playing with the Cree soldier with Infiltrate. Right. So he buys a Cree captain first or so. And I buy, I think he was also playing Clayface, if I'm not mistaken, but so I buy two parasites. I'm like, oh, my blockers are there for life. <laughs> you know, parasite sticks around. Right. But his captain got so large yeah. that eventually there was nothing on my team that was going to knock it out. Right. And you're just re-rolling those parasites with those huge feeling costs, right? Exactly. I'm re-rolling parasites. I did go the Dreadnought team-up route. Mm-hmm. But again, with the captain being so big, you're not going to knock it out even with seven hits of range. Wow. And, you know, that sort of stalled me out. And eventually, yeah, I didn't re-roll those parasites. And he comes through with three 11-11 <laughs> Greek captains or whatever yeah. else. I remember we played that card early when the team pack came out. And we all were Mm -hmm. kind of excited to try it out. And, you know, a lot of people were like all about that Thanos. And the funny thing was a Kree captain was just crushing Thanos. You can't bring your double over (laughs) crushing Thanos. Okay, a Kree captain just smacks him around. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and um... he gets twice as large and he costs a third of the price. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you had Atlantis. Did that help? stall it at all because you get to feel the sidekick a little bit but again fielding sidekicks is great but you're not going to re-roll them necessarily so it was good for the first block it was good for the second block it was good for the third block but <laughs> right. when you when you start counting on yourself to roll enough sidekicks it's just not a very good game yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta get lucky then for sure so jonathan took took it the first round from you obviously he did uh-huh. it, it was close i think it ended up being seven to zero or something at the right. end but it never really looked like that game was going my favor. I <laughs> got it. Yeah. It's, that's the thing is, I think with this format, I noticed like people who came off on the back foot were having a hard time recovering. And that's that's sort of the game in, in a nutshell. But especially when people are building things fast and mean like this. But uh, yeah, that four horsemen shot, boy, they they put out some good players. So no no shame. In, in, For uh... sure. All right. So... Also about that Cree captain. Try that with Black Canary, Flower Shop Owner. 
and the rare danger room. Yeah, it's super really mean. strong. Mm. Just one hit <laughs> and with that. And, and it's all dead. the villains. It also it was also to note that anti-meta sort of thing. I think he anticipated there was going to be tons of parasites in the field because yeah. the captain counts your opponent's field as well. Yes, so he sure does. even though I had those blockers out early, that's two more villains that were already in the field that he didn't even have to purchase. <laughs> I purchased them for him. Do you remember what basic actions he was running off the top of your head? I don't off the top of my I wonder, head. I know some people were were kicking around with Outsider, and I was thinking maybe that'd be a good call for that team. Actually, but, but... I think he totally was. Find that Jay Lumen. Let's see. Oh, yes, he was playing the Outsider mm-hmm. and upgrade Proton Cannon. So, yeah. yeah that's... Oh, boy, that's even... mean. <laughs> so mean. Oh, Jonathan, I like it. <laughs> yeah, right. it, was, it was grosser than I anticipated. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's surprising. I remember the first time I faced off against that Kree captain. It's surprising. So that was round one. Who did you match up against in round two? So the 0-1 me matched up with Patrick G in the second round. He was running an Ant-Man. He was running Plague Marine, which was interesting. It also was the only game that I got to use Supreme Intelligence Global. For people that don't know, that was pay two generic once per turn, move a die with purchase costs two or less from your use to your prep, which you can use on a sidekick as well. So I was able to use that on Avengers ID. I was able to use that for Parasite. I'm not really sure. I'd, I'd have to have a little bit more science behind it to say whether that helped me or not. Well, you won, right? So maybe he was hoisted I, by his own petard there. <laughs> I mean, only winning two games all day, and this was one of them. I'd say Supreme Intelligence was really yeah. what won me the game. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I eked out a round two win, uh, Ant-Man versus Ant-Man, sort of. <laughs> On to round three. Who did you match up with there? <laughs> so round three, I matched with a WDA veteran, Reg. Reg Sims out of Canada. Yeah. Reg in round three, which we always have a good time. So I was I was pretty excited. I was a little bit sad that both of us were one and one at that point. I had hoped that one of us would at least be <laughs> two and oh, but yep. it was fun to play. He was playing probably the most similar team to me in the tournament. So Parasite, Ant-Man, Adam, Black Widow, Shriek, Satana, Wonder Woman, Dreadnought. Okay. The problem with his team, which I knew going into this because he was one of the few people that I actually tested with, was that he brought an answer to every single <laughs> thing on my team. Right. What were so they? he had Black Widow for the Atom. Right. He had Static Field for Ant-Man. Yeah. And he had a Dreadnought for his own Dreadnought. So he went Black Widow first, and then he went Wonder Woman second. Oh. And after that, I was like, well, <laughs> even if I even if I transfer to Dreadnought plus range, that's not going to work. Right. If I go team up, which I ended up doing, team up was the only out I had really. And in that sense, Wonder Woman is so thick on her defense yeah. that she was able to stick around through, I think, like three different team up attacks. Wow. So you were just silly. swarming in. He was able to reroll and survive with yeah. Wonder Woman, right? Wow. Interesting. He bought defense first and I went full cowboy offense. And uh, eventually I just didn't kill him fast enough. He came back and it it, it happened that <laughs> I think this was the game that we went turn five, final roll. He needed just one uh, one dice and it just came through. Awesome. So. Oh, that's cool. That's you. You can't have a better game than that, right? Exactly. So I mean, I, I that's great. And Reg has been around the block, man. He knows how to play this game, so for sure. And it was nice to to see the interaction between the defensive and the offensive. Mm-hmm. And really, if I had been even a a second quicker, uh, you know, I would have had it. But interesting. Defense yeah. wins championships. You know. A couple things to note about this format is that. 
Shriek and Intimidate are the only ways to really remove a character in in terms of ability anyway. Well, Lucan had I mean, a, and physically, I guess. But. Well, Lucan had a card on his team that was helpful. Um, it's not a great card, but it was helpful in this tournament, right? You Iron want- Fist, with the oh, um, okay, with the the character ability, which is once per turn on your turn, pay X Fist energy to deal that amount of damage to another character die. Mm-hmm. Now, from a very very objective standpoint, it's not a great card because. It's like Magic Missile, except you have to pay three for it. It has a TFC of three. You can only do it on your turn, and you can't target your own character dice. So there are a lot of limitations. But since I was running Poxwalker with Fist Swarm, it was easy to rack up a lot of fists, however Mm -hmm. many I needed to get rid of Shriek or Black Widow or whoever else was currently annoying me. Right, but that still targets, right? It does. It does target. So I I thought for a second about playing a Clea team. Clea says, Mm -hmm. uh, anytime you play a global, you pay a uh, a bolt bolt. to deal three damage to target character. Once a turn. Once per turn, right. So, I mean, in in this, if we call it a meta, (laughs) in this tournament team list, (laughs) practically every character that's not Wonder Woman or Dreadnought dies to three damage. Right. But yeah, maybe Clea would have done fine yesterday. Not sure. The downside with Clea against that Black Widow is you're only doing three damage. And with that Mm. Black Widow, because she reduces it by one, suddenly you're only doing two and you're paying six for it. Whereas with the Iron Fist, it's X number of fists. So as long as you can roll four fists, you can kill that Black Widow. You, know? you make right. that sound also, really easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if you're swarming with fists, maybe you can do it, right? Yeah, well, okay. Right. As I said, from an objective standpoint, it's not a great card. Right. But you can make it work. Like most cards that serve for more than just being a coaster, it does have a place. I mean, also, in theory, everything that was attacking yesterday had a parasite attached to it. <laughs> yes. So two damage, really yeah. not not going to kill a whole lot of stuff. But but you could maybe take out the parasite. Right. Or if Ant-Man, you know, you could kill Ant-Man before the attack phase, I suppose. Well, you have to do it on your turn. So that's the problem. Like, at least with, with Clea, you could do it on your opponent's turn. So Right. Anyway, but uh, so that was round three. What about round four? That game was rowdy. Round four, I played Chris across the pond, True Mr. Six. All right. And that was a jolly good time. I had (laughs) never played against him before. And that was the punchiest, no defense, literal (laughs) race that I played all day long. And I think... I think both of us sort of went into the game knowing here we are. We're sitting at uh, you know one and two. Let's let's just punch each other. So, that, <laughs> so the um, not not that we had lost hope at that point, but the the game was much less important at that point. Maybe Got we'd it. say it was it was a trade. Our health counter dice might have well have just only had twenty fifteen ten and five and zero. That was, that was how the entire game went. Got it. Lots and of AMA. Did you pull out the win at the end, or uh... I did end up winning that one. I did end up winning that one. True, Mister Six was your your round. Four. My round four, yeah. And then you made your round way to round five. Five. Now we... I got to play Ryan Slater, oh, another cool. Great. Uh, another WDA veteran. Yeah. All right. So he was playing uh, a interesting Riddler team with Bloat Drone and um... <laughs> Yellow Lantern Ring. Yellow Lantern Ring. That's right. Yeah, Luke got smoked by that now, team. I, I practiced <laughs> many rounds beforehand against a similar team, and I thought to myself, "I got this. This is a matchup I'm confident <laughs> about." And then somehow 
that bloat drone was in the field by turn three. And I was like, this is not how this went down in practice. <laughs> it's It was one of, so, I mean, you guys gave plenty of notice of what format we were playing and, you know, build something, test something, refine yourself. I will say that I found my team and I sort of stuck with that. Right. Which, you know, generally I feel okay about because other people didn't ditch it. So it must have been at least decent. For sure. But Ryan Slater's team was very, very similar. I would have put the Scarecrow that also deals damage when sidekicks are knocked out yeah i was gonna put that on a team very similar to this and that was sort of the other team that had i had more testing Mm -hmm. i at least would have had a coin flip between bringing unblockable (laughs) ant-man and that team Mm -hmm. just because it's so fun which made me ultra excited at the way that the game went seeing how effective it was (laughs) he didn't even need to buy instant war so we just we just ended up with huge fields and he refilled his bag with tons of stuff, including Yellow Lantern Ring, which was really the the linchpin of, of death or not death for right, me. Yeah. And I said, well, <laughs> as long as that bright yellow dye doesn't come out, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah. along comes Yellow Lantern Ring. I think I had, so he ended up doing 18 to me. So that means I had um, nine, <laughs> nine in the, in the field, field, I guess. So it was double burst on top of it, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. So, <laughs> Full so yeah. Lantern Ring in the eyes. <laughs> right, so everything dies. All of my stuff has to block the drone he also had some other stuff so i think we counted it up just for jollies and he hit me for 28 or something silly like that boy that lantern ring and drone is a mean combo and he's a hell of a pilot so hats off to ryan you know yeah for me i was i was able to fend him off and try to keep him at arm's distance as he slowly whittled me down with yellow lantern ring i could make sure every turn that I didn't have that many characters in the field that Yellow Lantern Ring could deal me damage with because my rolls were not optimal. So I wasn't <laughs> rolling those characters. But at the same time, I was making sure that he didn't have enough characters to swing through just normally with because I was using Iron Fist to keep Black Widow out of the field. But as soon as that Riddler hit the table, that was the nail in <laughs> yeah. the coffin because oh, yeah. he hit that one Yellow Lantern Ring. I hardly had anybody in the field, but that was just game in one turn yeah. hit the field on yeah. turn five of turns and that was the first time i hit the field that was game over that was yeah. It. yeah that was one of the two glaring misplays i had of the day was this game but i, I was riding the fine line of keep a big field myself and and dreadnought will come through before yellow lantern ring right or dreadnought will not come through yellow lantern <laughs> ring will come through and i will lose to 27 health so yeah well you gotta have a chance to win why if you're not playing to win what are you playing for right, so. <laughs> right you're not playing. nobody gets a prize for second place here so that was that was at least fun to see a team that i had dreamed about come and slap me in the face all right all right <laughs> your as alter well as, ego you know, gotcha right and, and ryan's played in the wda before so yeah super fun guy to be around uh, again heck, heck of a pilot so. for also sure. i should mention that Riddler was not on the version of this team that I practiced against. (laughs) I I kind of ruled this card out of the meta pool when I thought Green Devil Mask won't be here and neither will Tabaxi Rogue, and those are two cards that that card works extremely well with. And I was like, so this is not going to be a powerful contestant but i was very very wrong about that that was a bad enter yellow part. lantern ring yeah yeah boy yellow lantern ring in anything but especially things that chump you for people to block <laughs> and, you know, and make as, you re-roll as for card design i i always appreciate it when whiz kids puts really good card abilities on the same card so there's no way yeah. you can play all of the yellow lantern rings together yeah, thank it's god it's true it's true but you know let's pretend that common <laughs> and super rare yanti were not yanti you know it, it would it yep. would be gross so 
All right, so now I know you were racing for you had like end game tickets in hand and you were racing to get to round six. And <laughs> I think right. if I, I saw a little of this match, you matched up with Kim from up in the Dice Master in the Great White North there. That's right. So, uh, who's a super player and a great lady. Uh, tell, tell us about that game. So, again, another WDA regular. So, we have interacted many a times. Mm-hmm. So, I knew it was going to be a fun game. It wasn't, you know, it's round six and here I am at. Uh, what two and two at this point or something silly but so i was like all right this is going to be super fun and it turned out to be super fun we both (laughs) were playing a variant of i mean the way the game unfolded is we were both playing team up Uh so i had giant field she had giant field we both had team up coming through the bag and we were sort of just smashing each other each other's walls and then re-rolling everything (laughs) Uh, and that sort of just kept happening until one of my attacks knocked out a load of her stuff and she didn't end up rolling it wow but used all of those energies to buy gorilla grod (laughs) uh which (laughs) right yeah (laughs) so gorilla grod has strike plus two plus two with over (laughs) overcrush if it's the only dice field this turn and call out which is ridiculous (laughs) so So, (laughs) right it's a great it's a great card so I have eight health left and a <laughs> oh, giant God. field, which you would think would be a perfect situation, uh-uh. except for when Gorilla Grodd rolls on <laughs> level <three. laughs> on level three, uh, goes to a nine because of strike, yeah. and then call out a sidekick, since I had four or five of those right. in the field, call out a single sidekick and hit me for eight, which it, it was the it was it was the purest irony of the day was that i really needed to leave to go to this movie and she made it and <laughs> rolling on any face that wasn't level three wouldn't have done it and it just so happened and then on top of that her headset was running out of batteries or something literally right. the exact minute the exact millisecond that she was going to call out the character that had the block so if a tree falls in a forest Right. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, what was that? You want you want a dreadnought to block? Uh, sure. Right, right. That's so, where you yeah, wish you after, would attack with those sidekicks last turn. Right? Exactly. So a minute, a minute or so of juggling, plugging in headphones, and and getting some communication through. I said, "Wait a minute, is that Grod on level three? And is this game over?" And she said. Sure enough, it totally is. <laughs> well, congratulations, Kim. That's, that's awesome. Making making lemonade out of lemons, right? <laughs> now, when I looked at Kim's team, I, I, I seriously doubted that Gorilla Grodd because I'm honestly not a huge Strike fan. But after hearing that story, I think I might have to give it a second try because when you put it like that, it sounds really, really good, you know? Right. And, and in a meta like this one where... Getting your sidekicks out of your bag and into your field is such a strong thing to do. You can always call out a sidekick. Yep. You know, so the damage is going to be insane on average, especially now that sidekicks hanging out in the field is definitely a thing you're gonna be they're gonna be over there. Did you have a good time? Most importantly, this whole thing was all about having a good time. So <laughs> I, I did you have a good time, man? And I will say, you know, like like you guys both know, having so many obligations in life, yeah. just being able to look a month in advance and say, I am blocking off this entire afternoon <laughs> to do nothing but sit in a room by myself 
and virtually, you know, communicate <laughs> with someone else while I play a game that I love. You know, it was it was, it was incredible. Well, I want to give a shout out to your uh, your fiance uh, who who came My in fiance, br- yeah. came in bringing you food, man. Uh, she <laughs> deserves like a laurel. I you know, she did. hang yeah, on to that lady. Nikki. She was she was a trooper, and yes, did bring me food. She also was giving me in between round five and round six. She was giving me sort of a you know because we had I think the the minor holdup was between round. four four and five yep maybe yep so it was round five where i was like holy cow like these rounds need to be going <laughs> click, click, they click. need to be hitting off on every hour or i'm gonna be in trouble so she was giving me kindly a, a reminder of <laughs> hey, um, right maybe you should maybe you should change clothes between round five and round six maybe you should brush your teeth or whatever you know put your shoes on because literally i ended my game with kim i went back to the front page of the stream and i said you know thanks for watching everybody i really appreciate you being here it's all about you guys uh-huh. thanks for playing today i just hit the quit button you know it wasn't <laughs> awesome but you made it right i did we, so- we made it just in time uh we went with one other couple so we we might have been the last four seats together in the entire theater so awesome. we got there just in time awesome awesome and it's epic i wouldn't like to spoil anything but it's an epic movie right i i will say it it deserves a rewatch for sure yeah, this for is sure. a spoiler free episode <laughs> of rolling thunder so you can all feel safe out there listening to this but for anybody who's got through 56 minutes and thought we were going to spoil it what are you even doing here (laughs) well fair enough for us one more time and where people can find you and tuesday nights i know but all the other stuff for anybody who just tuned in late sure lay it Um, so the weekly dice arena is again a weekly online event that anyone can join I usually post the formats on Saturday or Sunday in the Discord or the Dice Masters Unlimited Facebook group. You can find me directly on Discord. You can find the Weekly Dice Arena directly on Facebook. Just type in the Weekly Dice Arena. It will pop up. Or if you want to go straight to the source, it is twitch.tv slash final Ross battle. This is week 45 of the Weekly Dice Arena, but I will say there is a special incentive slash thing I'm uh, a gift I'm sending to anyone who plays in the first year. So on the anniversary episode of the WDA, I will be tallying anyone who's played in the first year and sending out a little thank you. So um, everybody should come along for the next couple weeks. Awesome. And go do it. It's fun. Everyone says it's a blast. I'm going to try to do it as soon as I can. And thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. Super big fan. And thanks so much for yesterday. As if you haven't been told enough, your your organization and the things that you put into yesterday are just... Un- unthinkable to most of us. So thank you so much for putting this together. You're most welcome. You know, definitely a learning experience. I, I certainly learned a lot. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of help from folks up in DM North and Troy and some of the people at Chris and Rob's Game Room, of course. And so it was not just a single operation. And I certainly, you know, tripped and stumbled on a couple occasions with bad rulings and learning how to use challenge. But uh, I'm uh, hope. Can I'm, we expect anything on the horizon? Well, I think we're we're, we're talking about that now. We're re- regrouping and kind of figuring out, trying to you know calculate all of our our, our learning lessons. In fact, Jordo is going to post a forum just for some feedback. So if anybody has that, you can take a look for that. We'd love to hear all comments about how we can do things better, what worked, what didn't work, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that would be helpful. And, you know, we're I'll gonna... say it's not unlikely that there will be a one big weekend 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. We've probably got a couple more episodes left in us for this season. Then we're going to be out of town for a lot over the summer. 
So we'll probably reboot in the fall is what we're thinking and then kind of figure out where to go from there. Super cool. Well, whatever I can do to aid in any way, I will, awesome. I will lend a hand. Thank you, Ross. And, and great having you on. And thank you again for recording yesterday. It's, it's oh, really not a problem. helpful to everybody. should be up sometime this week. And uh, it was a great time. Awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. And now on to part two. For the second part of this episode, we've electronically reached around the globe and done a little time traveling. We're here on a Sunday evening talking to a Monday morning on the other side of the earth so that we can bring you not one, but the top two finishers from the One Big Weekend online event. Our first guest is a top eight finisher in the 2017 Central European WKO, a top four finisher in the 2018 Central European WKO, and a runner-up in the 2019 One Big Weekend Final. Our second guest is a winner of multiple international online events, including the 2018 Chris and Rob's Game Room two-team takedown and Dice Mayhem's 2018 Good vs. Evil tournament. The winner of the 2019 Chris and Rob's Game Room Invitational, the co-host of Dice Masters with James and Zach, and now the winner of the first One Big Weekend Online Final. Ladies and gentlemen, here are our two finalists, Peter Yezik and James Blore. Wow, that was impressive. Welcome to the show, gentlemen, and congratulations. Hello. Thank you, hello. <laughs> well, we, we've called you up this early morning, I guess it's Monday morning on the other side of the world there, to talk about your tournament experience while, while it's still fresh in your mind. Peter, why don't we start with you? Tell me about your team a little bit so we can lay the groundwork, so to speak. Yeah, so my team, it, it is it is something I just tested a few, few days ago before the tourney started, mm -hmm. and it looks really promising, so I decided to, to go with it. And it's basically a, a sidekick team, Yep. and it's it's team that rely basically on two dice only because I just need a Atlantis, the fish die, Yep, and uh, the Black Black Widow, uh, the one with the Avengers Infinity uh, box. Yep. So he, uh, she can she can bubble my sets, and mm -hmm. hopefully I could attack with lot of lot of guys, a uh, lot of attacks. Yeah. So th these are the basic of the team, the core of the team, and there are some like supporting supporting characters. There is Captain America. That is very important because of his global, so I can feel that when I need him, and to trigger Atlantis. To draw and roll another dice, and there are some other dice like Spider-Man for maybe some more effective attack, maybe doppelganger to get rid of some walls or shrink, of course, for blanking anything I need. So yeah, so basically it's sidekick team, and I was I was really happy that it that it works. Awesome and. I've noticed also on here, so let me just run down. You've got Atlantis, the two-cost Atlantis, that when you feel the sidekick, uh, you draw two dice and roll them, right? Then you've got yeah, the yellow yeah. lantern ring for Intimidate, because I'm a field, I'm, mm -hmm. you're planning on fielding a lot of sidekicks. you got the Black Widow with the Taunt Global, and when fielded, your other character guys get plus one A. Mm -hmm. You've got the Poison Ivy from the Batman Harley Quinn set, which I didn't see a lot of, which I thought was really cool to see on this. The one where if she's blocked or blocks a non-villain character, she gains deadly and takes no damage. Yeah, and I actually didn't buy it the whole tournament because I was she was there only for some reasons. I was really uh, afraid of Doomlands, so I right. was thinking that when I had this, I can use Doomlands against my opponent or something like this, and maybe 
she can survive some range attacks. So, yeah. but I didn't didn't need her. Interesting. Okay. And then you got the Spider-Man that, that, that sucks all the sidekicks and the doppelganger that KOs sidekicks. And I think Lucan will be very happy to see. <laughs> Stretch. <laughs> yes, that's one of his favorite actions. I so love that action. As we get along, you can talk to us about how you use Stretch most effectively because it's a new card mm-hmm. with a new, great new global okay. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So that's Peter's team. James, can you uh, walk us through your team real quick? Peter's was much more original as ever. Uh, mine was a pretty standard sort of unblockable Poxwalker mindless <laughs> right. job. The the parasite which uh, gives its attack and defense stats to an attacking character and remains itself in the field seemed like a like an easy way to do some damage. For sure. The Poxwalker has just one attack, so normally, you know, he only costs two and he's a fist and he's got swarm and he's unblockable <laughs> when attacking alone. Oh very sweet. But usually without Parasite he'd be a bit useless because he's got a very low attack. But Parasite buffs him up nicely. Mm-hmm. And then to buff him up a little bit more, I was trying to find because I had a lot of fists available because I, I had potentially had fist swarm. So to buff, buff him up a bit more, I was thinking about what's that um you know, the overcrush action, Haymaker it's called these days, but right. that's just one fist plus one attack. And then it occurred to me that I could use the Outsider. Mm, yes, you could. <laughs> which has the limitation that it can be used only on villains and only once on each villain die per turn. Right. But that gives plus two attack for one fist, so it's much more efficient. And I played that for a bit. I was playing something similar in the two-team, in fact, still am playing something similar in the two-team takedown thing without the Outsider, I think. But that was modern, so I had to adjust it for LCG. And that seemed to be working well. And I was looking for ramp, and Atlas seemed like a good fit, even though I've got Swarm. And I know it's a no-no, but he's a fist global, so that was quite useful. But you got lots of fists. On yeah. turn three especially. And then I was trying out various bits of ramp, and I tried out Atlantis, and I couldn't roll the bugger. Um, <laughs> right. So I, and then I tried Clayface, and um, I was thinking Clayface was more for big characters, but then I realized you can um, use it to buy lots of little ones quite early on. Poxwalker comes out mighty fast that way, right? Yeah. Um, that, that but was... it, ha- it, might, it might flood your bag. Yes. But then I realized that if I also had Swarm, that might sort of solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And it actually exactly. worked together relatively well. Yeah, I That bet. was, I, I employed the same exact reasoning when I built my team, Poxwalker <laughs> yeah. plus Clayface. Like, if you give it Swarm, you're not losing anything by clogging your bag. The only, yeah. the yeah. only downside was is when that first Swarm die comes out, and if it whiffs then it can start clogging bad you know you're really counting on it coming out the first time and showing up and that's just swarm in general that's true that has nothing to do with swarm well but with clayface you've clogged your bag so badly that suddenly it can be an issue but yeah so so that's great and that's a good rundown of both these teams i see the outsider is a is a cool caller just to back up for folks Poxwalker himself isn't a villain but you could give that a that boost to parasite who's then boosting Poxwalker, right Yes, yes. I originally also had, uh, well, I have team up on the team, and originally that was the strategy on my two-team takedown team. That, that I think, was what I was doing. But um, I realized that I could do, together with, with the ramp from Clayface and the, and the two-plus from the outsider, on right. each of two parasites, I could do turn five, well, six, six, seven, pretty consistently, which yeah. seemed like it might be okay for this method. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's interesting. How often did you did you end up ever reaching for uh, team up during the event, or did that? Uh, never, never bought it. No. Never bought it. Interesting. <laughs> okay, there you are. <laughs> well, awesome. Let's go down and start talking. Let's walk through the tournament, if you would be so kind with us. Your first matchup. Let's 
Peter, let's jump back to you. Your first matchup, I believe, was against Rick from... From Netherlands. Uh, from the Netherlands, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And can you tell me about his team? I think he had Ant-Man, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know, actually, my three matches, my first three matches was against an Ant-Man, so <laughs> it was quite funny. And I don't remember all the details, but I think that I just bought two, two Atlantis and, and Resurrect and then I started to do my things in the in the turn three mm-hmm. you know to roll the fishes and to fill the sidekicks <laughs> and to right. buy the stuff and to roll the stuff I bought the same turn so it, it, it is this team is just uh, meant to, to, to attack on each possibility uh, on each opportunity wow. and of course when I have some Black Widows it really helps so I can I can just attack attack I cannot be afraid of using the Black Widows global against me because I just love to attack uh, with this team. So, were you able to put that Black Widow global to good use? I'm sure you were, right? It, it was actually my only removal on this team, I, uh-huh. I think, like the consistent one. So, yeah, I was able to just force some things I don't like on the field to force to attack, like um, Dreadnought or right. something. I just don't want to do it. Maybe sidekick. So, I have. Wait. Fewer defenders on opponent side. A lot of ke- people brought Wonder Woman to this. Usually, I think to fight static field, but I, that could have been an effective defense against that taunt global too. Did, did, was that a problem for you during the during the event? It was, but only on the last match I beat James actually because he <laughs> he bought it on the second turn or so. Right, yeah. So I cannot do anything against it. I think I think in the first first match Rick has uh, had it, but I think he misread the Black Widow I had. So I think he he think that I had the OP Black Widow. Right. And he really lately realized that I have this one with the globe, so he didn't vote his uh, Wonder Woman. And so it seems like you were using Atlantis extensively in the first match, at least. So are there any tips about how you use Atlantis? Do you need to buy multiple of them to make sure you get one every turn? How do you keep them churning? Yeah, this was this is my idea behind the Atlantis that I need to buy uh, two of them. Mm -hmm. Not because I want to roll necessarily two of them in the, I don't know, third round. Uh, but because of the consistency. So I need at least one to roll so I can uh, churn uh, faster. I can just buy something and maybe uh, fill it on the same turn. And even if uh, the Atlantis don't roll on one of uh, one of the dice, it's not a problem because there are shields and I can use the shields to use the Captain's America Global to fill the sidekick. So it's I'm okay. I, I need at least one, one Atlantis to roll and that's fine. So I just bought two of them each, I think I was able to do it in each match except the one I lost. So I didn't have the right energies to do it in the uh, match three against Tama. I don't know the real name of the guy, not not sure. But I was not able to do it and it was quite a problem because I cannot uh, roll it consistently and cannot uh, start my engine. Right. I think that's Steve Clegg, I believe. Yeah, Steve. Okay, Steve, Steve. So this first match, you took it. Um, was it was it pretty straightforward, a straightforward win for you? Or, or just, just attack, 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 and, and he regretted not buying Wonder Woman? Was that your kind of memory of that match? Yeah, I think this was the this was the main uh, main problem for him, that he didn't uh, buy Wonder Woman. So I was able to attack and just get rid of his defense very, very effectively. And you can't shriek Atlantis, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right, cool. It's very important. So James, let's let's move on to you and your your round one opponent. Uh, I played Bodie. Oh yes, okay, out of Wisconsin. So a very tough opponent, and he was running the Atom, the 
Awaken Adam, which is crazy strong with that energy field. Ant-Man, also crazy strong with that energy yeah. field. <laughs> you know, the Black Widow, the OP one. And Parasite, like we've seen before. Poison Ivy. Criminal because of love, which is that nasty new... The one that does damage equal to the level of the character that you KO and you field her. And Shriek, Wonder Woman, and Zatanna. So he had a very tough team. How did this round go for you? Because sort of a similar... Um, I think he had Static Field as one of his basic actions, which uh, I wasn't overjoyed to see, because that obviously slows things down. Because I need to attack with Mindless Poxwalker on his own. (laughs) <laughs> so they only have to save one mask, and if he's, if that's not that hard to do. Right. So he had Woman, Wonder Woman, and I also had Wonder Woman, and she she eventually saved the day, but not not before I'd completely failed to roll any fists at all for the first three turns. Ooh, boy! Wow, sounds like a tough. Was he having bad rolls out of the gate as well, or what was? Uh, I don't think he had the best rolls, but I think. Well, given that I needed to get the, the swarm on with Poxwalker, which is a fist character, and I didn't get any fists, yeah. <laughs> it, really, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really happening for us. Luckily, I think he missed a few things as well. So were you able to get that Wonder Woman at least? With no Eventually, on the, on the second attempt, I managed to get, I think I got almost swarm, or at least three out of the four dice. And on the very last turn, I, I'd already rolled Wonder Woman once and, and uh, whiffed it, so that was a bit annoying. <laughs> and then on the very last turn, I think I'd done a bit of damage, I needed that was when he didn't keep a mask back and I needed to do one big big hit but unfortunately he'd learned his lesson and he was keeping masks and question marks but finally I managed to swarm through my bag and Wonder Woman came out as the last dice having swarmed twice (laughs) that's where you're like you're like please 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 (laughs) and then and then I'm like please roll this time and it did it did there you go that, that that was good did he was he able to get the atom going against you at all, or did he never go for? I think it? he went exclusively Ant Man. Okay, so it was Ant Man versus Poxwalker. Yeah, unblockable versus unblockable. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. I think that's what happened. There's a, there's a lot of games played. I think that's what happened. There's quite a few people who brought Static Field and that Ant Man, which requires one to buy the Wonder Woman, pretty much. So it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. strategy. Maybe counterintuitive, but I guess things had slowed down a little bit because of the nature of the format. So. I, I still wouldn't do it because what if you get a bad roll? You know, <laughs> you can't roll that Wonder Woman. That's it for you. Like it. Lucan's had some bad experiences with that Wonder Woman. Cue the bass right now. <laughs> I think I think the Ant Man was probably the backup strategy, right, in that situation, uh, for when people had Black Widow. So maybe he saw Black Widow, which I never bought in the whole tournament. I don't think. Really? Okay. Um, maybe once for fists. I don't know. My team was fast enough that I tended not to need it. Right. Uh, so maybe he saw my Black Widow and just decided to go with the Ant-Man strategy. But yeah, yeah, Static Field was a bit of a pain. So he did, yeah. That slowed him down enough that I managed to roll Wonder Woman the second time. Interesting. Uh, Peter, I want to back up one, one question. Rick had a couple of things that might have been troublesome to you. Besides that Wonder Woman, he also had the venerable Dreadnought, who could be bad for sidekicks. But I guess you're just swinging with sidekicks so quickly that you're not worried about it too much. Was that your idea with that? Yeah, and I th- I don't think he, he bought it. So he was concentrating on some other things and I I didn't encounter it in, in this game. So yeah, it would be a problem for me. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing is that if he, even if it's red not, uh, when, my, when my sidekicks were dead, I was I will have a full prep area and I would probably be able to Field a lot of sidekicks uh, in the next turn, and uh, with the with the Atlantis, it should be not so not so bad to me. So I was not so afraid afraid of range range attacks. Actually. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So I've got to say, can I just say, Peter's team was it was just that perfect damned if you do, damned if you don't sort yeah. of team. 
uh, very yeah. economical <laughs> and very, very, very surprisingly fast. We can talk. I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but it's yeah. overwhelming. We don't really have time to think about anything else. It's definitely a cool brew and a unique one because a lot of people were finding some similar clusters of areas, but your team definitely stood out, Peter. So in round two, you went up against uh, Mr. Crystal Williams, True Mr. Six from the Ministry of Dice. Yeah, yeah. And it was against the Ant-Man team. Uh-huh. And I think he, he started with the Ant-Man uh, and well, actually, I, I just I just have to say that I, uh, the whole six rounds I started only twice, and this was only because my opponents allowed me to do it. Okay. I actually lost every every initial roll of the whole <laughs> tournament. But hey, but the results uh, worked out fine, right? But it was it was okay. I just need to buy two two fishes yep. for energies. I'm really okay to start second, so it's it's, it's okay. And yeah, so it was it was it was similar match. So it was again uh, the Ant-Man team, and we had one more uh, one more prep global with Atlas, so we can prep with the fist. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit little bit faster. Yeah, and I think it was similar match, and maybe even even faster. It's actually on video, I, I guess. I didn't have Great. time to watch it again, but yeah. uh, I think uh, this was the game when. I managed to chain my Atlantis and sidekicks and and rolling the dice really efficiently. And in one turn, I was able to buy Black Widow and fill it in the same turn and maybe buy another Black Widow and just to attack with a lot of sidekicks uh, with with high attacks. So it was, yeah, this was probably the game when it showed up that this this team is really, really fast. And it, it can do something from nothing because... On, on round three, let's let's you have nothing on the field, and uh, you just fill few sidekicks, and you buy a few things, and at the, at the end of the turn, you have like army of the sidekicks. With, <laughs> right, with really it does nice sound like sidekicks. army of darkness coming at you. That sounds <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've got all these Atlantises flying around. Uh, do you need that stretch global in order to get something into the use pile? Yeah, yeah. This was the idea that something uh, actually uh, the, the Atlantis when you are playing the Atlantis and you draw and roll the dice you can end with nothing in the used pile because you have to refill the bag maybe so the stretch global is a way to to add something into the used and then fill the sidekick from the used to trigger the atlantis again so yeah this was the idea behind this basic action and it really helped me in like two or three matches so it was really, really efficient. And, and did you ever actually end up buying the action itself, or uh, no? no, 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 no idea. I didn't actually don't know what's doing. So <laughs> it's it's. I do prefer the global, but the action itself is actually quite useful as well. It, yeah, it, it's not so bad, but I just just don't didn't need don't, it. Didn't, didn't need it. Yeah. yeah, for for people listening, it adds any number of dice. Like you pick and choose what dice from your use pile you want to put back into your bag. It's good. It's not. It's not that good. But it's it's pretty good, especially when you have stuff like cake. Yeah, and it actually can help maybe on, also with this team because you can just buy, buy something, add it to the bag, and maybe draw it and roll it in the same turn. So yeah. it can be useful here also. Interesting, interesting. Well, True Mister Six was running you know a lot of the same stuff. Ant Man, he had Energy Field, Power Almighty. Did you guys see a lot of power? You know, Energy Field, I, we saw a lot of. Did you guys see a lot of Power Almighty as well? I saw none. Only in this team. Only in this team, I think. Yeah, it's a good card, but it kind of needs the right team. It probably seems like things were going too fast to probably take a timeout to get it in this particular tournament. Yeah, it's a big buy. Yeah. In the first- and like also it doesn't really get started fully until a few turns down the line because yeah. at the beginning of the game 
unless you're Peter, you're not likely to have a whole lot of people in the field, you know? <laughs> and then yeah, you start yeah, taking bag yeah. burn from it sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, later on. So, round two, you are up against our friend, Mr. Ben said Scott, right, James? And uh, <laughs> Ben is never an easy out, as we all know. So he was running Throne Brick and Splinter's Teachings, uh, two great actions. He had the Two Cost Creek Captain, Atlantis, City and Stronghold, Poxwalker Mindless, Black Widow Agent, Shriek, Venerable Dreadnought, Wonder Woman, and he was playing that Batman plays too rough, which we didn't, I think he was the only person who played that in the tournament. No, there's one other. One other? Okay. Yeah. That's a good card. So how did that, how, how did it go for you? I, th- I think he, uh, I don't know, he had a bit, he had a bit of a bad time against me, I think. Okay. Um, he's, the, he's the king of uh, shenanigans and yes. you know, co- combat tricks. And I didn't like the looks of transfer power, so I mm-hmm. bought an early Wonder Woman. So Smart. I didn't have to think about him messing with my stats. <laughs> Very nice. And apart from that, I rolled pretty well. I didn't like whiff too many things, I think. So I got uh-huh. a couple of parasites. The standard standard thing would be to get a couple of parasites early. Okay. And then get your pox walkers in the field. And if you get ramp, you get ramp. And if, if you know, if you, if it swarms, it swarms, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But if you can get one one in the field, so you've yep. potentially got a swarm. And then if you can get another one out of the bag and hopefully a couple of fists, uh, so you can put the second pox walker in the field and attack with that. Uh, mm-hmm. pumping it with both Parasite and the Fists for the Outsider Global. Send that one through, and usually that will, that will do between seven and nine. Ouch. <laughs> if, it, if it's done nine, then the second, the very next turn, you've still got the one in the field that you had originally, right. which is still helping you to swarm. Um, so all you need is maybe a couple more Fists, and you'll probably do 11, and that'll be game. And that's kind of what happened. Wow, that's great. So let's talk by order really quick. What, what would be your by order generally? And if you didn't, if you didn't see that transfer power and you didn't want to get Wonder Woman, well, just even even with Wonder Woman, what, what would be your standard by order on this? Okay, so I, I opted to go first in everything except the last game against Yeshka, which I lost. Uh, <laughs> and... I think I won almost every roll-off, which is unheard of. Um, let's let's say I have three dice, except for the first game where I didn't roll anything. Oh, actually, no. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why I got in the first game, but generally speaking, I would buy Parasites first rather than Poxwalkers because I the only practice I really did for this, apart from playing a couple of games with Zach, uh, was, was to roll the first seven turns about 50 times. <laughs> okay, great. And it seemed to me that it was generally better to have the parasites in the field ready and waiting for the pox walkers than the other way around. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. That's sort of counterintuitive, you know, the way people usually play swarm, so that's interesting. Well, the the swarm was sort of icing on the cake, really. It wasn't always that necessary. Yep, makes sense. So I would buy, uh, So say I rolled a bolt and a mask and some some other energy in the first turn, which I managed to do pretty consistently. I would buy parasites and then use clayface to clayface that out on its two bolt side. Yep. And then I would buy another parasite, basically. Got so it. I would end up having three, four dice, four psychics and two parasites in use. Uh, then second turn, I'd try and do much the same thing with poxwalker. So I'd try and get a couple of poxwalkers also using clayface mm-hmm. and try to have a fist left over to resurrect or atlas global which left an a suboptimal number of dice in the in the bag you know yeah. it was like how many would there be six six dice in the bag yeah but that seemed to work out all right and then just go from there because if the meta had been a, a turn or two faster that wouldn't have been very good but it was okay yeah uh, and then hopefully you'd pull something on turn three sometimes i pulled everything sometimes i pulled 
and just get the parasites in the field as quickly as possible and then then as soon as there's a pox walker out like i say you can start swarming then get another pox walker and as soon as the second pox walker hits sometimes maybe i would even do it with the first one depending start attacking unblockably and usually that was turn five and six if i didn't have to buy anything else like wonder woman and if you saw a static field across the board uh, when would you pick up wonder woman do you think late after all yeah, that I yeah i didn't quite uh, get to the bottom of that so so i had one i had one static field and i picked that up after i'd done that stuff that i've just described right and it came around because he wasn't keeping masks back as often as he probably should have mm-hmm. done because at least that cramps it makes people save masks at the very least so right yeah yeah I got one hit through where I didn't need Wonder Woman and then I had to wait on her to come out and she missed once and then came back. And that was game one. And then against Ben, he had transfer power and I bought her pretty early. I don't know if it was turn one or two. So that made me feel a bit more secure. He had that, that Batman was nasty uh, and that kept me from fielding sidekicks as well. And then against Chesco, he had the uh, force attack global and I bought, I chose to go second so I could buy it first turn. And that might have worked out all right. I think like we, we, we talked about it. I guess we'll talk about it later, but sure. I think it would have been all right if if my other dice had rolled, which Got it. they didn't. <laughs> but he still would have won. <laughs> it's a dice game after all, right? And yeah, um, <laughs> so was Batman Ben's win condition, or that- I never really got to the bottom of it. I think his win condition was like switching stuff around with mindless Poxwalker because it was unblockable, and he could, you know, if the other person he he also had Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. so yeah, he you could, can't switch uh, it back, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah, I guess. No, ben knows, what, I mean, he's ben doing, knows what he's doing. I have confidence that he he definitely play tested this and it, it works well. I mean, it obviously works well. He went four and one, something like that. He so, went five and one. I, I think he's one, just yeah. a force of nature, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm not so, sure he had that that much time for play testing. I, I, he should speak for himself, obviously, but I think. Um, well, it's uh, interesting, you know, because it, this kind of his. T- I'm looking at his team right now, and this is the kind of team that gets into your head, right? Because it's got that transfer power. <laughs> it's got an unblockable. You start thinking, do I? I can't put out somebody who's huge because he's just going to stop me if I don't have Wonder Woman. So you know, you've got it's a it's a super sneaky backwards team, which I always enjoy seeing. You know, and Ben is a super sneaky backwards player. <laughs> well fair enough well let's move on to round three here uh peter it looks like you were up against steve clegg from the uk yeah it was against steve and it was yeah the third time the ant-man team uh-huh energy field he was running haymaker which we were talking about earlier you were thought about right james yep that's right okay sorry i'm sorry but i cut you off there peter go ahead so ant-man and well yeah ant-man and well it was it was really fast from his side actually because he was able to buy ant-man and avengers id card and it was just attack for seven in like turn three or something and wow. it was i had certain live and it started to feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. and i decided to go a little bit little bit defensive so i buy shriek and it was as I, as I mentioned it was the game that i was not able to buy two atlantis in the right. first first round so i was a little bit slower mm-hmm. and this probably influenced this match because i just bought shriek to blank his Ant-Man, but he actually he was the smart move was to move some, to something else, and he he bought atom, and there was again this atom threat. So it yeah. was really difficult to me, and he was actually really fast with his team, and then was then was some some damage from atom. I then forced him to attack, and and to block him and to kill him, but yeah, he was he was back the next turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's difficult. I, I was actually I actually managed to kill my 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 shriek and to blank atom, but he has already his shriek, so yeah. he just uh, shriek my shriek, put atom in the field, and 
give me like six damage or something that was enough to to win the game right but that energy field with adam and ant-man you know it's pick your poison right <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's really crazy because i cannot do anything about unbookable unbookable characters so and actually i was i was thinking about unbookables before and i only thought about the pox walker mm-hmm. because uh, in the two team take out the tournament uh james stretched me with the pox walkers and parasites <laughs> and team up and so on right. so I, I was thinking that against pox walker i'm quite okay because i can force something else to to attack and pox walker is not unblockable when he's not attacking alone so i'm okay but i actually forget about antman so i don't don't think about it even and i when i saw it in the team list i i was i was really sad and i <laughs> didn't know what to do against this, but yeah. uh, and this this was the situation. This was the game when it 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 reveals that I have nothing against vocables, uh, and actually I have nothing against direct damage. So the atom and ant man combination was really really um, dangerous for me. Yeah, and I lo- and I love the game at the end. And Talk about was- a good use of a double win condition, right? Because yeah. they just yeah, stick yeah, them on the same exactly. team, depending on what your opponent. Since they're both you know relatively speaking cheap. You can just see what your opponent does in the first two turns and let them decide what you're going to do. Yeah, and he was also running, exactly. beyond the energy field, he was also running the Giganta for the Giganta Global, you know, because yes. some people were getting unlucky and hitting on all of their characters on level one and then not being able to use energy field. But Giganta gives you that option, you know, to get them up. Yeah, and also the Avengers ID card, you can use it as a buff for Ant-Man, but you can use as a mask for either Ant-Man or Atom. So yes. <laughs> it is when when you have uh, turned off your Ant-Man, you can use the mask to just just deal, deal more damage with the Atom. So it was a very flexible team, and mm-hmm. I just didn't have a chance. Did he have to go for uh, Wonder Woman at all in your game? I don't think so. I'm I'm not sure, but. I don't think it was in the field because I was forcing his characters to attack. So right. it was not another part of the field. Interesting. I was. It was actually the the game I bought doppelganger from my team because he had some kind of wall of the sidekick on the field. Yeah. But when I when I bought it, uh, he just attacked with the sidekicks and get rid of them. And good play. Uh, I, I was I was happy at least that uh, that there was no no wall anymore. But yeah. He, he was he was too fast to me. Yeah, he had you on the back foot. So that was your loss of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Round three, you lost to Steve. Okay, well, James, you moved on to play Jonathan Lumen from West Virginia in round three. Uh, Jonathan is a very strong player, and he was running the Outsider, Upgrade Proton Cannon, Cree Captain, the Lost Purpose, the guy who gets gigantic with other villains, Cree Soldier, protecting the Seat of Hela, Shriek, Poison Ivy, the Flower Child version of Poison Ivy, Black Widow Agent, the new OP, Venerable Dreadnought, Doppelganger, Six Arms, and Clayface. So how did you square up against Mr. Lumen's team? Um, I think I was quite excited to see another outsider on the other mm-hmm. side of the table. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> I quickly verified uh, in the rules forum that I could, because there are two outsider globals, that meant that I could target each villain died twice. Yep. So for for two fifths, I could pump parasite by each parasite die by four. Yeah. And if I had two, my standard sort of two parasite there, that would be four fists, which which could easily come through swarming poxwalker fist dice. Boy, that would be plus eight. That could <laughs> get ugly like, fast. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what happened. I think you know a lot of, a lot of games are, are won and lost on 
figuring out whether you're the the beat down or not. Yep. I, honestly, I forget what beat down means. But you have to figure you out whether the you're the, the, the fast team, one or the yeah, control yeah. one. Right, and you instantly recognize with that two outsiders that you were the beat down on this one, right? <laughs> yes, he had a lovely team with the the, the swarming Cree captain, yeah. the one which also has intimidate. He yeah. had a rotten roll on his first turn. He, he rolled like loads. Of, he rolled psychics maybe turns one and two so he didn't have a he didn't have a good time and i had that advantage yeah. and not only that but there was a double clay face there yeah so, so you were smoking um, yeah i did on maybe i don't know if it was turn, turn i think turn four uh, i think it was earlier than usual because of the double globals mm. i think turn four i did the first hit and this is and this 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 makes me sad but there were three occasions in the tournament where i totally neglected to pay a fielding cost i've uh, written about this on, on facebook mm-hmm. and i feel awful when that happens i really i was very tired that's my only excuse um <laughs> basically i, I right. pumped my first attack with a fist that should have been used for fielding and i did i, I said that i did nine but in fact it should have been seven luckily i think it was a turn later it might have been turn five i didn't i didn't count but i think it felt quicker than usual luckily a turn later i had a Poxwalker and two parasites in the field, mm-hmm. and I had two poxwalkers in reserve in in the use pile, and I just needed to roll either roll some fists or roll some masks for clayface, and I rolled masks and I clayface twice uh, yeah. because we both had the card, and I pulled both poxwalkers out of my use pile for a lot of fists onto their double fist face, <laughs> so I had but loads of loads of fists, and I think I did fifteen damage. Ugh. So luckily. Yeah. My my error shouldn't have made any difference, but I oh, I feel bad about that. Sorry, Jonathan. And to the and to the two other people, I didn't. <laughs> I'll explain. Well, you know, part of that is also just the fact that you know that's the one downside with the online thing is it's sometimes it's really hard to see die faces, and it's the kind of thing mm. people make that mistake in when you're playing in in person, and usually your opponent will catch it, but like isn't that bad or blah blah. You know, yeah. people are kind of checking on each other, and it's harder to do that. So th- these things happen. But, you know, I saw Jonathan's team in action a couple times over the course of the tournament. And, you know, if he could get set up, you know, I mean, I think your team is a particularly bad matchup for him. But, you know, if he could get set up, those Cree captains come out, boy, are they big. And he starts throwing, you know, especially because other people were putting out other villains like Parasite. And if they missed a roll with their Poxwalker or their Ant-Man, suddenly those parasites were hurting them with the Cree captains coming down their throat. So it's a good meta call on Jonathan Lumen's part, right? Saying that if you're all going to bring these parasites, I'm going to bring this Cree captain and you're going to suffer. But at the same time, I'd also say maybe it's, not that great a meta call because he brought the outsider and you used it better than he did. Well, yeah, right? your team is you had the yeah. you had the beat down, and maybe that's just the downside to having creative spirit. But <laughs> how was he? How was he getting the Cree captains through? Because he got one through to me. He, he uh, had he had upgrade proton, proton cannon, cannon uh, oh, for the cool. overcrush yeah. for the overcrush, and they were getting huge. And the other thing is, like sometimes if he didn't even have it, he'd swing with them and just clear people's yeah. field. You know, so he yeah, was he just breaking thing. fields and then using proton cannon to smash through. So yeah. I, I mean, I think he had a fairly strong tournament too. But it sounds like you just smoked him on this one. All right. So Peter, you had to rebound from your loss to Mr. Clegg. In round four, and you went up against a fellow from the great state of Texas, Mr. Ryan Slater. He was running an instant war, static field team with Parasite, Black Widow, Shriek, Cree Captain, Yellow Lantern Ring, the Green Lantern Killer one. The one that re-rolls and then does one or two damage depending on the faces for every die that rolls energy. 
Good old venerable dreadnought, and then fetid bloat drone. <clears throat> now I expected to see a lot of fetid bloat drone, but this is one of the few teams I saw. I don't think, I think a lot. It was of... actually the only team that had bloat drone. And then he also had the Riddler creature of pure pride. So if he could get to fetid bloat drone and the Riddler, you know, and maybe get an instant war going, he could do a lot of damage. Now, can you tell us about yeah, how it worked? And the Riddler against my Atlantis, it's Oof. wow. Yeah. I don't want to see this. Yes, I know. Was he able to get to it in, the, in your game? Well, he bought it, but he didn't was able to. I think he bought it quite late in the game, so right. he was not able to, to field him. But man, if he had him, I would be in so much trouble. Because <laughs> the whole strategy would just... Right. I don't know. It's a cool I don't want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can certainly tell you, yeah, no, when that Riddler hits the field... It hits the fan big time. Yeah. At least that was my experience with it. Yeah, Luka was playing yeah, on the back foot the whole game. I was playing that. on the back foot. I'm I'm actually almost proud of the fact that I managed to last till turn five. It wasn't a great matchup for me, and my rolls weren't great. But actually, this team is actually works for if you don't have that much good rolls, because then they can't yell lantern ring off that many characters. But as soon as Riddler hit the field on turn five, that just brought me straight down to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really ran that well. So how, how long did this game take then? So I'm assuming this one went to turns or close to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was too long, but it was definitely longer than mm-hmm. some of my matches. I think he, he bought Black Widow at the beginning, then Dreadnought, then Floated Blood Drone, and some some late in the game the riddler mm-hmm. but i think this was again the game when i was just at the game with my sidekicks and well i i was not shouldn't be afraid of the wonder woman here so i can just force his uh creatures to attack and right. just clear the clear the field and i was definitely able to do it against dreadnought i think was he able to get to that bloat drone i would think that bloat drone would be a good answer to the black widow global because you'd have to block him as long as he yeah, attacks yeah. with that everybody's got to block well but he'd have to have only that in the field, I guess. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, the the, the problem was that I think uh, he has three three creatures in the in the in the field, and uh, when I force him to attack with venerable dreadnought, he also attack with he the floated exactly. gold yeah. and then I actually all the range uh, triggers, so all right. through my set because went into the prep. And actually, it was fine to me because I needed to block him, block him, and just go go to the used. So. Yeah. It was quite okay for me to have the clear, clear field. Yeah. Of course, the static field was also the problem. Yeah. Also, not so, not so much because a lot of sidekicks. But there is always the thing I have to think about. You know, when you are at the king and you think you have little, you have still think <laughs> that if some of your opponent have the mask in the field or not. So it was yeah. also a little bit problematic. But again, it was the the game. I just just at the king, and this was also the situation where I was able. In in uh, in the decisive turn, I was able to draw three three black widows and just in the first roll to roll them on the on the faces with zero fielding costs. So <laughs> That's a lot of bugs. Like, again, so I just yeah. feel them and just close my eyes and that again. Yeah. It was it was enough. So James, on to round four, and you were matched up against Mr. Steve Clegg out of the UK. We've talked about his team with Peter. How did you handle his Ant-Man, Wonder Woman, Giganta, <laughs> the Adam shenanigans? I just let him roll really badly. <laughs> well played. It worked quite well. <laughs> Were you able to get set up well and fast and do, do your thing again? Um, or? 
he, his, his team surprised me with his speed and I, I, th- I was sort of thinking that I would see either Ant-Man or Atom and then he came out with me with both of them. Yeah, boy, ouch. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he missed Ant-Man at least twice, on, like on two separate turns. Uh-huh. And if he hadn't, then I probably would have been kippered, I should imagine. I think I got a hit in. Uh, I don't really remember. It was quite late by this time. I think I got my first... Usually my team takes two hits, right. the first slightly smaller than the second. Wow. And I think I got the first one in, and then he did a massive whack of damage, but I had 20 lives, so I could sort of suck it up. Right. He, he did a combination of Ant-Man, which finally rolled for him. And in the meantime, <laughs> he bought Atom, and I think he managed to do like four. I mean, it's four damage with two masks, right? Right, and he's got that Avengers ID card, which is a really good combo with that. Don't think that synced up for him. Yeah, he had really bad rolls against me. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I might have been, uh, well, I, w- I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here, and he would. I think he had a good team, played yeah. it well. And then, then after he'd done a big whack of damage, I think I did my second hit. So, yeah, basically my, my stuff rolled and his didn't in this game. Yeah, well, it's... Bad a... luck, Steve. <laughs> really does go like that sometimes. I though. think in this format yeah. more so than others. You know, there's this kind of gambling speed beatdown yeah. thing. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, sail away. Yep, one and, one and done is a bit like that, isn't it? Moving on. So, Peter, we're going on to round five. And uh, you matched up against David G out of Minnesota, who I believe Lucan played at one point in I time. I did, first and, match. And he was running Energy Field, Doom Lance, Grey Hunter, the one with Deadly, Son of Russ, Black Widow Agent, Phantom Stranger, Mysticism, which I didn't see that much of in this tournament, but a strong card. The Atom, what we've been talking about, Shriek, Sonic Beam, Parasite, Human Atomic Furnace, Clayface, and Supreme Intelligence, just for the global, I believe. So tell us about how this game went. He he was able to get that Atom energy field going. Uh, really well against me, yeah. Yeah, so this was, again, the team I was a little bit scared of because of this Phantom Stranger. Yeah. This is also the card I just don't want to see on my yeah. opponent's field because it just uh, messed with my attacking ambitions. Yes. And <laughs> actually, and also the second thing I was afraid was, <clears throat> was the Clef is global and not because of some my opponent's usage of this, but because I was afraid that I will just mess the usage of this global. Because it is something. Well, I when I when I was doing my second turn, I was just uh, draw something, and I was just uh, checking my reserve pool and thinking, what should I do with this clayface? I should probably do something because it's <laughs> good global. Right. But I was like staring five minutes into my into my plan and then thinking, just don't mess something, don't mess something, thinking right. to myself. And yeah, it was it was the game when he used the shriek very effectively against my uh, Black Widow. Uh, so it was a great move from him because yeah. I cannot use the global, Smart. and also the ability of the Black Widow is great on my side, so I just cannot cannot use it. Mm-hmm. So my S was of course to use my shriek to shoot his shriek, right. so I can I can free my my Black Widow, and I also use. I think we both use actually uh, the Supreme Intelligence Global. It's really great and. Uh, didn't play it before, and but it really it's it's going well with my team because I have a lot of dice I need. There are two codes, yep, and actually over, it's right? it's great to great to play fish on my one turn, and then in the opponent's turn just move it to the prep and play mm-hmm. it next turn. So really great. Uh, I think I think I can I can use it very effectively. So was he able to get out Phantom Stranger, or were you just able to outrun? No, no, no. I think he was afraid that I just. Uh, 
forced him to attack, uh, so it, he just didn't want to buy it. Right. And I think he, he went he went out with Grey Hunters. He bought a lot of Grey Hunters with the Clayfes Global shenanigans. Right. And he was he was went for the item clearly. So but he didn't have much time because I was also quite fast and was able to fill a lot of sidekicks and black widows and chew my fishes. So Yeah, I mean a lot of people have been kind of poo-pooing that Avengers box set, you know, but that Black Widow card from there with the Taunt Global and the Avengers ID card, those two cards alone are they make worth, set. They, yeah. they were worth worth the set. But Lucan, you had a question? What were you gonna ask? Just about Supreme Intelligence. I guess you kinda already covered it, but with, with Clayface I found that those two work really well together because you can get that Supreme Intelligence for one, although I feel like everything is just made cheaper and easier by Clayface, so that's not really a huge revelation. <laughs> just oh, well Clayface makes that better too. It's just more powerful, more powerful. I don't mind. Clayface, I like that Clayface is like crack. Yes it is. Yes it is. Especially if you're like on a shopping spree. Let me more more stuff, more stuff. Fill my bag. <laughs> All right, James, on to round five. You went on to play a good friend of ours from the Southern California scene, Mr. Patrick Kellenberger. He was having a very good tournament up to this point, and he was running something similar to you. He had Doomlands and Resurrection for his basic actions, and then Parasite, the same old one, Clayface, Black Widow, Agent, Grey Hunter, Son of Rust, the deadly one, Poxwalker, Mindless, Venerable Dreadnought, Shriek, and Wonder Woman. So it's a similar team that we, we've seen. Uh, how did how did this matchup go? It was a complete mirror match because the right. differences in the teams. He had he had Resurrection where I had Atlas. Right. Yeah. Shields and fists were at work here. Huh? He had the he had the Doomlance combo, which I consider I consider bringing the Grey Hunter on this team because it's got two affiliations and it costs two. But I thought I'd just I'd rather keep it simple, and uh, his fielding costs are awful. Right. But, so he had that combo, which I did. But apart from that, the teams were, in, in terms of what we actually bought, it was identical. And, and turn for turn, it was pretty much identical. I, I was lucky to go first again. <laughs> and I just did the, you know, I did the two parasite thing. And then I did the, the poxwalker thing. And then I think maybe, was it turn four, five? Who knows? Turn five, probably I did a, a big sort of chip of damage. Maybe it was seven or six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then he did one to me, which was slightly less. <laughs> right, right. I, I think I think he maybe, like he went second. So he had an extra die uh, on his first turn and he bought an extra parasite die. So he had ended up having three. And I think that might have worked against right. him. Right, slowed him down. The fielding cost in that parasite can hurt you sometimes, right? Uh, tell me about it. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> spe- well, not, not if you completely forget to pay them. But, <laughs> but luckily... <laughs> Well, there is that, yes. Luckily, 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 Patrick reminded me to actually. I just kept, oh, I'm sorry. I was super tired. And I think I just sort of put things, I was like organizing my dice and I put them in, I shouldn't have put them anywhere near the field zone. Put them in the field zone, just like to organize them into characters and energy. And then just totally forgot that I'd just left them there. <laughs> but um, but there is- this time he reminded me. So that, that was good. Every time it happened, it, it one, one way or another, either it got caught or it didn't make a difference. Thankfully, I'm, I'm so happy to say. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So he did a, a slightly, slightly smaller hit to me, and then uh, maybe it was turn six. I guess it was probably turn six. I did a massive, massive. Uh, killing blow. <laughs> Put him out of his misery. Well, I think it's neat just to think that here, you know, we're having this international tournament, and literally, you know, playing on the opposite side of the world, rolling dice against each other is. Uh, I don't know how, why that that sort of tickles my fancy somehow, but <laughs> and and also on other sides of the world, then you can come up with exactly the same team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is, that is that is another. I was actually really pleased with this team because normally I'm not the most original player. 
un unlike Peter, who is extremely original, I, I tend to, I'm a bit of a spike, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> but this team, I actually felt like I'd kind of developed a bit myself because I played played something similar in the two-team takedown and then then tweak, tweaked it for the LCG format. And I, I was actually telling my friend on Wednesday, who, who doesn't play Dice Masters, I was boring him with my excitement because I I, uh, I actually I actually explained to him the whole Poxwalker warm outsider parasite combo and the team up which is, ends up being a bit of a red herring because like i said i never bought it so people think ah yeah. he, he needs team up yet but in fact i don't no, uh, yeah. and i got super excited about it talking to a non-dice masters player who almost fell asleep after a couple of years <laughs> and i was saying though this is a really fun because it is a fun team to play with the you know with lots of rolling loads of fists and stuff and i felt like i'd sort of had a bit of input myself and uh, of course it's it's parallel evolution it's a small it's a small uh, meta so of course people are going to come up with the same things but it was funny that in that game it was it was basically an, a complete mirror match. The 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 parasite poxwalker, you know that that's that's all you know, pretty normal. But uh, the yeah, clayface sure. the clayface poxwalker, and especially the outsider. When I first saw, it, I was like, okay, I guess you know villains. Yeah. But then when you stopped and explained it, I was like, yeah. wait, that's. That's a lot of damage. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so, 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 it, the outsider takes it from like having to do three hits, maybe, which is not really that competitive, to doing two hits, which is very quite competitive. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, that brings us to our final match, right? Uh, <laughs> we're now talking. We, the, the two of you guys are lined up against one another and you know here's to central europe you guys you you pulled out the stop so my hat's off to you guys here uh you've obviously got something good going on in the soup over there or something <laughs> not, ju not just central europe but in fact slovakia yes yes slovakia. exactly both of you from slovakia are you both from Kosice? Kosice, right no no uh james is from Kosice. i'm from bratislava, from bratislava. so bratislava. we're actually on the other side of the of our small country okay great but we we sometimes of course meet each other because of the nationals and w case and so on mm -hmm. and actually i think jamie's a player i have the worst record of old old players i played uh, against because he just beat me i think very very often I, it's very very rarely when i can i can defeat him and i just had a feeling that also in this tournament we had to play each other right. sometimes in the, right. <laughs> sometimes. It, it was it was fate, fated to be yes um, fated to be it's funny. I, I probably i probably should point out that i'm actually originally english and i've lived here for 20 years <laughs> just in case anyone's thinking that i've mastered it never such a high your english is better than mine so. <laughs> <laughs> your slovak is considerably better than mine slightly yeah. um, so, so when you yeah. got, when you guys got together and played were you speaking english or were you speaking slovak here I can't even remember. Probably must have been English for the camera, I imagine. But yeah, yeah, mostly English. When you play at your local scene, do you guys mix it up? Or are you dancing and out? Or I, I tend to speak Slovak with uh -huh. most people, but I think I might actually make an exception with Yeshko. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't remember what language I speak to people. Well, I, I think when we play when we play alive, we are probably speaking Slovak, but I'm not not quite sure. Cool. Yeah. I, I always ask, want to ask now. Now that I've got like the international players, can you give me the phrase? When venerable dreadnought attacks, how would you say that in Slovak? <laughs> uh, I have no idea how to translate venerable dreadnought. <laughs> just call, just call it venerable dreadnought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be 
Ked Venerable General Dreadnought Satotochi. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So going into this, you weren't feeling, were you feeling confident, unconfident? How did you, I know, James, you were feeling tired, I think, by this point in time. Peter, oh, how are you feeling? I was, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making any excuses. Well, I, obviously I am a bit, but um, uh, I'm really, Yoshiko absolutely totally deserved to win this, this last game. And I was, I think it was it was great that he did, and I really actually in the end preferred his team to mine. I thought it was, I thought it was really nice <laughs> and more and more original. So totally totally deserved, but I must say I was absolutely shattered by this stage. Um, it was quite late. Yeah, we try to uh, balance everything. It's funny when we set this thing up, just you know the Australian guys qualified too and uh, you know trying to balance the whole world on the yeah, timetable no. like no. the poor Australians would literally have been starting Sunday at like midnight and you know we, there would be yeah. like a whole different day so they didn't obviously Just, opt it out but uh, I was absolutely fine I, I, I went into the tournament thinking because I'm not really uh, like it kind of suits me to play a game per week in these sort of online tournaments and I get I'm an old man and I, I get a bit tired uh, <laughs> if I have to play for like six hours right. so, so when i go to bratislava for example to, to to the central european or the slovak nats or wkos and i play peter that's a hugely tiring experience for me so <laughs> right. i was a bit i was a bit skeptical that i would uh, you know survive to the end also i did a, a, day, a day's work on saturday before i started but in actual fact until the very last round and it's made just a coincidence that i lost <laughs> um, <laughs> i was feeling okay because uh, because my team was quick enough thankfully that i got to have breaks in between the game yeah, nice. and I got to do a bit, bit of family time, and I got something to eat, and, and it rained here, and I loved the rain, oh, and I went to sort out the water barrels. <laughs> but just by the last, the very last one, I was I was flagging a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's 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 break down the game. Who who won the roll off in this one, and then let's take us through turns here, if you guys can. Of, of course, James. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have won every single roll off actually. Out of and, and you bit. and you opted to go first or second. I I didn't know what to expect from his team. Yeah. That, I mean, and that and I think that is a that is a really good thing about a team if you don't know. Like my yeah. my, my my team has a slight red herring with the team up, but his team could have been anything. So I was thinking, Peter, usually, uh, I'd say it's more, more often than not, he goes the controlly route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking he might be a bit slow, and I totally misjudged it. So, so I decided I would take a chance, and for the first time the whole evening, I would go second so that I could buy Wonder Woman on my first turn. And uh, well, it wasn't the worst decision, but I, yeah, I definitely misjudged his team. Mm-hmm. He, he was the beatdown in this case. But you were you you obviously saw that Black Widow and you didn't want to have any part of it. And that's what that yes, buy was. But right? I, he, so. like he just mentioned, I should have bought Shriek. I'm an idiot. I mean, if I'd bought Shriek, it would have cost me one less. I could have gone first, right. and it would have nerfed his damage for a few turns until he bought his own Shriek. And I think right. that might have been enough. Anyway, and then you could have <laughs> you gone to Wonder Woman. Maybe interesting. Huh, okay, cool. So, Peter, what did you do coming out of the gate in this one? Yeah, as, yeah, I, I, I again see Clayface, and I this time I feel actually quite confident because I had a lot of experience with Clayface after the last game. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I will, I will start. I will buy Atlantis. I will use Clayface Global and buy another Atlantis, like no problem. And then I roll the die and reroll, and I have two sidekicks and one bolt, and just the sidekicks and i don't need the sidekicks in this phase of the game so i cannot do anything with the ball so i was just uh just thinking like oh my oh my god it's 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 lost because i just i cannot do nothing i cannot do anything in my first round so i was like a little bit a little bit a little bit sad right but then probably started somehow i 
probably buy some 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 Atlantis and resurrect and starting to do stuff. Of course, I was a little bit there was a little bit concert about this Wonder Woman because I cannot use my my uh, town global. Right. So it was quite a problem, and I think not not a bad choice from James' side. Mm-hmm. And play some Atlantis like like usual. Feel some stuff. Attack with the stuff. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was. I, I, no, no. I I just think that James was in the defense mode this 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 game. So yeah, he just have to defend against my attacks. So well, yeah, what was, this was my advantage. Uh, what was your recollection of the game, James? And from from your yeah. perspective, how did it go? That's absolutely right. I was on the back foot from from right. the off. Um, I got the Wonder Woman and then then went for the normal strategy. But I think. I think it might have happened on turn two that uh, I didn't get bolts or something. So maybe I think I didn't get parasite very early. Wow. Ended up probably buying Poxwalker instead. And yeah. then got a Poxwalker in the field, but had to block some of his marauding characters. So didn't get swarm off it. And I think I then got parasite, which is not my usual by order. And then I think when I'm not sure about this, but I think when parasite came out, he didn't roll. <laughs> so so <laughs> right. I, I had the wonder woman and, I think a pop walk and a sidekick yeah. or two in the field most of the time, but I couldn't do any damage. Well, I, I could do one, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right. But without Parasite, my team is um, yeah. ineffective. Well, say. without your team, isn't that what you want to... You don't want to be playing your team defensively. Let's put it that way, right? That's, that's <laughs> absolutely right, yeah. And this was, this was also the game, I think, this was only game I, I buy Yellow Lantern Ring. Oh, okay. And I just actually need it because uh, James has quite a wall on on his uh, side of the field. So mm-hmm. I I, I bought it and I use it. And in this last turn, it was again this this chaining mechanisms like uh, Atlantis fielding sidekicks, playing uh, wow. playing uh, lantern ring, fielding sidekicks, yeah. buying widows, rolling widows. If not, just for the energy, buy another widow and just fill the sidekick and roll the widow I just bought. And in this in this last turn, I just was able to roll all the widows I get and it and, and intimidate few of the few of the characters on his side. Wow. Yeah, your just... team was explosive. You you did seem to manage to consistently <laughs> like when when you play with what is it investigation and not not you, but when when a person plays with investigation, they just get one shot at rolling the dice. Right. I I just missed it. I just miss it consistently. But yeah. I, I was under the cosh because every time you you would roll the Atlantis and, and then draw those dice, you would roll something useful. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I, when when I rolled two two sidekick dice from this Atlantis trigger, I just roll one was sidekick and one was have some energy and one sidekick from two dice is just great because I can field him and and drew drew some some more dice. So it was yeah. I was really lucky in this in this last turn. That was a great, it was a great team. Um, so, Peter, now looking back at your team, and I'm looking at I'm saying you never bought Poison Ivy for the whole tournament. Yeah. And it sounds like you bought Doppelganger once. Did you ever buy the Spider-Man? Oh. I think I bought it in the in the first game, but I, it, it did, he didn't roll, so... Okay, <laughs> okay. So it seems like you might even have two extra slots. I mean, looking at your team at first blush, you're right. You look at it, you go like, okay, where is all this damage going to come from? But then that that Black Widow, man, is a good card. It's not just the global, right? So Yeah, it, he, she is, and it's it's crazy that I just need two, two cards, just Atlantis and Black Widow to, bam, to bam. do anything. And this all the other stuff is like... If I need something, if I need Spider-Man for some more effective attack, I can buy it and maybe roll it in the same turn. Mm-hmm. Maybe Doppelganger for, for the same reason, to, yeah. to clear the field. 
I can buy him and maybe fill him on the same turn. So this uh, actually Captain America also his ability to uh, to buff the sidekicks plus two attack oh, yeah. is it's not so bad. So maybe this was this is also meant for the situation and I have all the black videos on the field some somehow and I need to buff my sidekicks. Maybe I can buy him. Maybe I can fill him and attack with the with the, with the sidekick with the with the buff. So. Wow, that's, and, that's a new sneak combo. Were you ever able to pull that off at all the, during the day? The the with Captain America on the no, same no, turn? I was just thinking. I, sometimes I just take a look at him, but his feeling cones are not so great, so I just went yes. with more conservative way more often. I'd say the 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 leverage le- leveraging the stuff that you're given in the game at the beginning, you know, the sidekicks is is a beautifully elegant strategy, yes. and it's some, something Peter does very well. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> um, it's really great. The first time, the first time I remember being horribly beaten competitively was against <laughs> was against uh, Petter in I don't know, was it 2016 maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I remember the match <laughs> in, a, in a WKO in Bratislava, and I was uh, playing some bar rubbish and which which i yeah nicked from somewhere and uh peter was playing something far more original as usual and it was some kind of imprisoned flying psychics thing with uh, green yeah. goblin lord i think yeah this was the this was the team when i play imprison to, to against the bar team so it was the idea to play imprison against bar team and yep yeah there was kind of flying sidekicks and i i think it was our first game we yeah, play each other. Yeah, the first time I met Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> That's awesome. kicked my butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the grudge was born, and here it lives on. That's awesome, man. Oh, and uh, so I guess this is for both of you. If you, like, I guess we'll open this up to uh, all of Modern, not just uh, the LCG sets, but were there any cards that you found yourself wishing you had or stuff you would change looking back on the day? I would say, because uh, I've still got the stuff that I, because I built this team originally for Modern, and the, the cards I took out were Professor X, No More Magnus, right? Oh, Blackbird, Under the Radar, which is right. a cheaper way of stopping flipping static field. But it's not guaranteed. And mimic for ramp, and crucially, the basic action insect plague. I think, I think I would possibly sub Blackbird, uh, the one with the global that says target global ability cannot be used until the start of your next turn for one generic. I would put that put that in for Wonder Woman, maybe, maybe. I, I would totally put insect plague in for team up since I didn't buy team up, and insect plague right. would be beautiful. Imagine I could just. You know, I wouldn't have to wait on the pox because I could just send cyclops through for seven damage. Yeah, uh, boy, that parasite's really good, man. Yeah, those two cards probably. So Blackbird and Insect Flame. Anything else that you saw during the day that really surprised you in terms of like a new card that you hadn't considered before? Or Peter's team. A new strategy. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> Peter's team. Uh, anything else? Yeah, Peter's team is unique and really cool. And for those of you listening who want to take a peek at this, we will have links in the show notes to uh, all these teams that we've discussed today, so you can follow along. But anything else that, that jumped out at you? Like, wow, that was interesting or surprising? Or, um, or was it all pretty pretty much what you expected? I think, I think with the exception of Peter's team, yeah, it was, it was what I was expecting. I think I made a re- mm-hmm. reasonable meta call. There was a lot of Ant-Man. There was a lot of Atom there. Uh, there was yeah. a fair bit of Parasite there. Almost everybody had Black Widow, which meant that people were not playing the Black Widow that uh, Peter played. Which which suited me until I played Peter and then it didn't. No, Peter's <laughs> Peter's was uh, was by far the most. It was it was brilliant. Well done, mate. <laughs> Everybody else's was good, obviously, and I was I was a bit shocked at how fast Cleggy managed to 
do the damage by combining the two strategies because I kind of expected to see one or the other, but not, yeah. not both at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, gentlemen, congratulations again to you both. An excellent, well-played afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it around the world, Day of Dice Masters. Thank you guys for you know not only you know, hosting and playing in your local tournament, but coming out and, and playing again this full six rounds, six hours plus well, uh, the other night. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys, and everybody else who was involved for organizing it. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, thanks guys. It was a really great experience for me and it's a really great journey and yeah, thanks you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Of course, of thank course. You I'm hoping you everybody had fun. And I want to take a moment to give another big shout out and a thank you to Jordo and all the guys from DM North and Troy and Joe Vega from Chris and Rob's Game Room and Ross for streaming and we just had a lot of help from a lot of places. But we've certainly enjoyed throwing our weight behind it as well. So Thank you guys for coming on the show tonight. Anything else you want to add to the conversation before we call it an evening? Keep rolling, and may may the dice rolls be forever in your favor. Yeah, was it that said that originally? Was that was that like a, a double burst thing? It was a double burst. And may the dice rolls be ever in your favor. <laughs> right now, now I want to hear that in, in Slovak. That that's what we need. Or oh, we'll let Peter do that. <laughs> like 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 keep rolling. Like how do how did you translate it? Like like. Hatchet uh, no, it's not. It's the same. It's not the same because it's not the same feeling. <laughs> it's not so cool. Like pokračujcie's hadzanim kociek is a little bit lame. <laughs> it's not so cool. I keep rolling. It's yeah. that's that's why, that's why sometimes untranslatable. <laughs> sometimes though, Slovak is a lot cooler than English. It has to be said. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, have a good day. We're we're ready to turn in on our side of the world, and you guys are ready to kick off your day. So, I wish you a good one. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Too. Keep rolling. On to the puzzle. This week, we're giving out the solution to Episode 7's puzzle. If you haven't had a whack at that yet, you can go find it at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash puzzle 107. Anyway, we have two super sleuths this week. The first is Michael Werner from Mike's Comics and Games in New Baltimore, Michigan. Near the base of the thumb on the mitten. And the second super sleuth is Ryan Watkins from Southern California. Congratulations to the both of you, and well played. It's a long solution, so if you want the answer, we're actually not going to say it here. You can go to rollandthunder.xyz forward slash LOD puzzle. For Legion of Doom puzzle. Because our Legion of Doom characters. <laughs> well, that's another episode of The Tag, my son. Buihas Legia. If there's anyone out there listening in Ireland who'd like to roll with us, Lucan and I will be bouncing around the Emerald Isle in the month of July. So give us a shout. Because of Can, it might be a while before our next episode. But we'll be back. Until then, Nuff said. said. Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends. And it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. 
So keep on rolling. August Nar Lagajia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said.